0: Walsh has got it, twigging around, do the tackle, was a little high! Collingwood win by four! McComb not quite, gone hopeful, now Jamari Ugelhagen kicks it long, it's got a lot of carry, That's something extraordinary! It's a high five from Jamari. in glory! It's coming back, and got there! The Saints!
1: Hey guys and welcome to the thirty fifth edition of the In the Sand Show. Today we're covering the mega week of Australian domestic boxing with the likes of a world super cruiserweight championship on the line. We've got events all around, all around Australia. It's going to be a cracker. We're going to review all of them and then we're joined with Joel Camilleri who's fighting on December the sixteenth for a chance to be top fifteen in the world in the middleweight division free shot at the WBA Oceania Middleweight Championship. So nonetheless, let's get into the previews and covering uh, this week's me- Mega Boxing Week. First fights we've got uh up in Queensland. This is the Ace Boxing Group show. We've got undefeated Luke Medini headlining this event against Benoit Huber. We've got an Australian, two Australian titles on the line, one in the men's and women's, and we've also got another undefeated artist Jalen Tate um, on on show. I'm going to have a look at this one. We've got Nacilia Costello against Sarah Watt. This one's with the AMBF Australian Superflyweight title. Nacilia Costello is coming off uh, a decent performance. It's one of the first times women's boxing has gone to three-minute rounds, her last performance, where she um, fought, didn't get the job done. She fought three-minute rounds. That's tough um, in women's boxing. Normally they're two-minute rounds. I think they'll give her the upper hand in this fight. I think she'll become an Australian champion um, in the women's division. She's up against Sarah Watt. I think Costello's uh, experience is going to help her out this one. She'll get the job done there. Another one's Jalen Tate against GNC, the international bout again. Jalen Tate, he's undefeated. His opponent come in a couple kilos overweight. Now, he wanted to still do the fight. Which is pretty good for an opponent. He definitely backs himself. Then I think Jalen Tate will finish him off in a couple of rounds. He's undefeated. He knows what he's doing, and uh, he, he's a he's a great uh, fighter as well. He's a lightweight. Australian lightweight. are so starting to slowly and gradually rise to the uh, world world scale. You've seen Yusuf Dib do that. Uh, now, hopefully, if he Jalen Tate can get this one done. Um, maybe we could see an, uh, an a showdown for the chance to be top 15. Now, the co-main event of this fight, this fight card, is the Irishman, Nathan Watson, coming up against Bryce McLaughlin. Bryce McLaughlin got the job done against Hayden Emerson. His last fight to become the Queensland middleweight champion. Nathan Watson got the job done over Lachlan O'Shea to become the Australasian champion. We've got champion versus champion here. Now, this is for the Australian Championship, Nathan Watson, Brass McLaughlin. Now, this is another flip of a coin match. Now, I, I'm i not sure how this one will go. McLaughlin only just got the job done um, his last fight, but also Watson did as well. It's 50-50. I'm going to go McLaughlin. Uh, I think he might just get the upper hand. Nathan Watson's fought on Ace Boxing Group cards before. I just think Bryce McLaughlin's going to get the job done in this one. It's a flip of the coin. And the headliner for this one's an eight-round cruiserweight bout. It's another international one. It's Luke Medini, the undefeated Queenslander, up against Benoit Hooper, the Swiss uh, fighter. The Swiss fighter comes in after a big win against undefeated opponent um, overseas. Now he's going to test Luke Medini, who's come in as an Australian champion after a big win against Ben Kelleher. His last fight in Ace Boxing Group show became the champion on the undercut of the Floyd Masson, Yez, Ngambu fight. Uh, that was for a world title. I thought that um, Ace Boxing Group would give Ngambu, uh, who beat the ace boxing man, uh, Floyd Masson, uh, to Luke Medini to let Luke Medini fight for a world title. I thought that was going to be a good matchup. They have the same height, same kind of build. Um, I thought Luke Medini was going to do that, but no, they've opted to go for Benoit Huber. Now, I think Luke Medini gets a job done pretty easily here. I think he'll go the distance. I don't think Luke Medini will look for that knockout. He's going to be a bit precautious in this fight. I think he'll get the job done over in eight rounds. Now, moving over to South Australia, we have a world title fight. The World Boxing League Super Cruiserweight Championship is up on the line. Mosson Neiman up against Fago Apolu. Now, this is a really good fight. You'd think this fight would be a heavyweight. It's going to be the first time these guys have had to cut weight to a fight um, that got down to the I think it's a 101-kilogram limit. It's going to be an, an interesting one. Now, Moss and Neiman's got a good story. He's 10-1. and one. He actually went to prison. He had a bit of a layoff from boxing, did his jail sentence. Now he's back in the boxing scene after a 10-year break, after his first loss, come back in, he's gone four wins, four knockouts, now he's got his shot at the WVL world title, in this bruise, uh, bridge of weight division, uh, this is a new division created by the WBC boxing, now this bridge weight division was named after uh, some kid that saved someone, or something like that, but it, it's, it's a weight class that's in between cruiserweight and heavyweight because the jump is a is a pretty big jump. Now, gives the opportunity for bigger guys that don't possess that heavyweight power to drop a class of bridgeweight, Um to potentially win a world title. Now, this is for the WBL world title. They're not one of the bigger sanctioning bodies, but still it's a world title. and Neiman... Fagopoulou, Fagopoulou, he he's a really interesting fighter. It's his first time he's cutting weight. He's off the back of a TK loss to Joseph Parker. That was in Melbourne. He drew to Chris Terzievsky, beat undefeated Hemi Oheho. He lost to Lucas Brown. He's got he's got some big names on his resume. He's the he only he gave the only loss to Chris Terzievsky, former Australian champion. Fought for the Commonwealth Championship, didn't go far. Joseph Parker, you think he'd have the experience in this fight? But Moss and Neiman's on home soil, so another flip of the coin fight. Now Fagopoulou, he's higher in the world rankings. Moss and Neiman's gonna try and uh, shock the world. I think. I think Moss and Neiman will come in as the underdog for sure. opoulou has got that power; he can knock anyone out. But I, again, it's it's another 50-50 fight. It's been arranged really well. Uh, whoever's put this fight together, it's going to be a real cracker, this one. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm in a back Fagopoulou. I think he'll get the job done. I think he'll stun him. Uh, not early, I reckon midway through, say sixth, sixth round, and it will hurt um, the the South Australian. And I I think he'll just... Work his way through the fight. I don't know if he'll have the gas tank for 12 rounds. I reckon a TKO victory in round 10. Now, we've got one more big fight card. This is over in Tarelgan where Blake Wells tries to end his uh his losing streak facing Waywit Um, Now, this is another interesting one. This is one that light heavyweight. He comes up against the Thai 44-year-old. Now, obviously, Blake Wells comes into this one as the favourite. But you've got to think this way would has got He's got some power as well. He coming off a big win um, against a guy on debut. Now, Blake Wells is coming off two losses at the super middleweight limit. Um, his two losses are from both Tej Prat Singh. Now, his last fight against Tej Singh, it was a pretty poor effort from Blake Wells, if I'm not going to lie, I I thought Blake Wells could have done something a bit more. He he looked like he had the gas tank to go two more rounds or like or just even test Singh. Because I thought at stage there he was going to drop him and hurt him. But he didn't do anything. He just saw out the rounds. Singh was just working him, working him. Now, Ted Singh's going on to better things. He's fighting for a WBO Asia Pacific title. Now, if he wins that one, he goes on to be in the world rankings. Now you got to think, Blake Wells wins that fight. He goes on to potentially win uh WBA Asia Pacific title, be in the world rankings, and he's he's got skies of limits. Now he's back to square run, square one, where he's got to face, you'd say, a journeyman with a record of twelve wins, ten losses. Blake Wells has, he's got an all all right um, record. He's beat Reynold Quinlan. He's who's beat Jack Bowen. He's Beat Lucas Miller, the now light heavyweight championship holder of the Australian division. Again, this is going to be not a flip of the coin one. This is going to be pretty one-sided. I just don't think Blake Wells will knock him out, though. I think he'll go the six rounds. I think Blake Wells will just work him, get those rounds back in him and gain his confidence, which is just much needed. After two losses consecutively to the same guy, it's going to hurt and I think getting that winning glory back will be crucial for, for the rest of his career. So I think Blake Wells gets the job done in Tarelgan. I'm pretty sure it's his home, and it's a pretty big card. It's backed with some K1 kickboxing, four-man eliminators. You've got some boxing fights. Uh, you've got some corporate fights in there. Be big night over in Teralgan. I think that would be a really good one. And I think Blake Wells will get the job done. But after the break, we're joined with Joel Camilleri, who's fighting on December the 16th for the WBA Oceana title. Now, this is a great interview. I hope you stay tuned in. After the break, we're joined with him. So thank you for listening to In The Sand Show. I'll catch you after the break.
0: Don't worry about a thing. Because Atticus Health will make, make you feel, feel all right. <laughs> don't worry about a thing. Cause Atticus Health will make you feel all right. If you got a tummy ache, or you don't feel right.
1: Oh, or if you have, have. a
0: nasty rash, <laughs> keep you up at night. <laughs> Don't, worry <laughs> Don't worry about, about a thing. thing. Don't worry. Because <laughs> Atticus help
1: <Health> will make <laughs> you feel alright.
0: Come, Come to on Freddy's, Freddy's Kit- Kitchen in Station Street for a coffee and something nice to eat. Yeah, the, yeah, the pizzas, pizzas are, great. are great. In fact, all the food rates down at Freddy's. Carol. Carom Station Street! Come on, come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now! Come on, come on, come on, down to Freddy's now! To Freddy's now. It's a pizza! It's a mystic pizza! Called TAD To remodel my place Said I wanted it to be That kind of place Knee deep in the reno Sinking in our fights Other shonky builders Waking me up at night And Adam plays the boss man He listens to the customer Don't you remember? He built this kitchen He built this kitchen with T.A.D. We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T.A.D. We built this kitchen We built this kitchen with T.A.D. IGA, Oi. it's shopping Oi. nights, Oi. IGA, Oi. where the price Oi. is right, Oi. Seaford Oi. North IGA, Oi. for your groceries and liquor, IGA Express, Oi. there's nothing Oi. quicker. Hi everybody, this is Wit from Bait. when I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour, and reminisces about doing the Ill Race Road rumba or the Whatley Street wiggle I like to tune in to Radio Karen and get down with the good vibes.
1: Welcome back to the In the Stand Show. And now we are joined with the WBC Australasian, former ambf Australian and Australasian, and the WBC Asian title holder, Joel camilleri So, first of all, Joel, how are you going?
0: I'm good, mate. Just, um, tough in my face as I said before after training how I finished the training session man so I'm feeling good but a bit tired
1: <laughs> so good so on December the 16th you faced Christian Madhu for the WBA Oceana title it's been a roller coaster for you getting this fight secured can you talk us through those disruptions and what happened in the lead up to this fight
0: oh a lot of things man first of all I had um, a date locked in November 11 um they got changed uh when a new promotion December 2 got so moved to December ten, back to two. Um suffered an injury, uh past injury, just a bit of a um an eye injury, man. So eyes are very important. And um so now we've moved on to a Team Ultimate show uh December 16 at the Melbourne Pavilion. Yeah. Um but not just that man, like uh, we've gone from that to a, a new opponent as well because the opponent can't fight a certain date, so we had to change the opponent as well, so it's been pretty crazy, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. Besides your injury, how's
0: camp been so far? Camp was going well. I was just uh, getting to the swing of things. Um, obviously, with the injury, it's kind of set me back a bit. I can't spar for another three weeks or so, so uh, a lot of just um, pad work, bag work, and getting fit, but... You know, I'm I'm a seasoned veteran, mate. I've had 35 fights now, so I'll make sure I'm uh, I'm ready to fight uh, when it comes to fight night.
1: Yeah. In this fight, you just said before, you're the more experienced fighter. Do you think they'll give you the upper hand?
0: I believe it will. I've watched him fight. He's got a little awkward style, which uh, he beat some guy with nine wins and two losses his last fight. And I watched it, and I think I was a better fighter. He just couldn't handle his style. So I think with the 35 pro fights experience and the sparring I've done over the years... I can adapt to anyone in front of me, so he still won't bother me.
1: Yeah. Do you have a prediction for how this fight would go?
0: I don't like to predict, man. Um, I, I know I, I predict my victory. Um, I've seen some openings. I truly believe I'll have him out of there by round three or four, but I'll yeah. be ready for the 10 rounds either way.
1: Yeah. So you travelled up to Thailand to undergo some training alongside some professional fights. How did that opportunity in Thailand come about and how has it helped you in your career?
0: It's one of those uh, midlife crises, I could say. Like, um, just wasn't enjoying my training no more. I was, was, was hating it. I just felt was, I was overtrained. I wasn't loving it no more. So going to Thailand at first was just like a, a getaway. I yeah. like to get away usually interstate, but overseas now too. Just clear my head, started training there. And i setting up a fight up there, and had our two pro fights in Thailand, and fell in love. I, I've got my suitcase still in Thailand right now, man. Um, Ugh. I leave my suit my suitcase there with a guy who owns a building there, and um, I love it, man. Just you train with high level MMA fighters, we box. You meet new people from all over the world. It's um great networking and great training.
1: Yeah. So you've been in the ring with some of the best boxers in the world, in Tim Zo and Sam Solomon. Do you think experiencing those fights has taught you anything that you implement into your fights today?
0: Well, the Sam Solomon fight only went around, um, but watching his career throughout the years growing up, I learned a lot from Sam, including my style of evasiveness and awkwardness. Um, Tim, the fight within the 10 rounds plus the 100 plus 200 plus rounds I've done of sparring has really helped me adapt to his sort of uh, style um, And just have the confidence to know i can i can do the rounds of tim zoo just knowing that now he's he's the best in the world so if i can go with tim zoo and 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 hold my own most of the time then i can get anywhere yeah so
1: many professional boxers don't make it past 20 professional fights or so you fought 35 what inspires you to keep fighting professionally
0: um just always finding a, a new goal. I find new goals of, you know, first was just walking out to a song when I was a kid. Um, done that. Won my first title. I set new goals. You know, I really, over the journey, throughout the journey, I've just created an extra belief in myself. I can I can go far. Um, staying motivated is about having a goal. And my goal now is to win a world title. And some people may laugh at me, but they laughed at me when I thought, they said, I when I said I'd you know, win a Australian title. So, world well told us my aim but not just that like the perks of um my career meeting people traveling um having fans like you know just people come up to you on the street and that uh, it's just it's a great feeling and um as long as my brain's intact then i'll keep fighting
1: yeah yeah so now i just wanted to touch on your feud with isaac hardman there's been speculations that he wanted to fight and you didn't and a bit of back and forth social media or that you know he talks a lot um what actually happened? What was your side of the story with that feud?
0: Uh, this feud goes back to 2019 during COVID, I think it was. Um, pretty much straight out, I got offered $5,000 to fight him. I made $7,500 my second pro fight uh, back in 2012. So it was an embarrassing offer. I turned yeah. it down. He, he got offended because I was bagging his promoters, and that's where it stemmed from. Um, the last... Off uh, had a contract and all. Um the contract got changed two, three, four times while I was in Thailand. And um I'm not about that life, man. If you're gonna change my contract, I agreed to and signed a certain contract. They changed the rules, they changed everything, they wouldn't um agree to what I wanted to agree to, and um that's where it's gone. So I don't hate Isaac. He he's a he's a kid. I've got I've got ex students of mine that are older than him, so I see what he's trying to do, talk loud and be loud, but um, I don't hate him. I'll shake his hand if I saw him um, and I'll fight him hopefully next year.
1: Yeah, that'd be a cracker fight. So if you get past this fight, do you reckon you'll fight him next?
0: I can't say no. I won't say yes. Um, After this fight, you know, I'll have chats. I'm close with, um, you know, like Tim Zoo and Glenn Jennings and and they work with obviously No Limit, Um, you know, if. If it comes up and they want to agree, um, I sell. I sell tickets. I'm a name in the sport. I've been around for 12 years. So if they want to come to an agreement and we make a deal, I'd love that fight, man. I'm not, I'm not scared of him 100%. Like, I just uh, want to be respected by the people in charge of him.
1: Yeah, he's got a fight coming up against Troy Coleman. Do you think he'll win that one?
0: Yeah, I know Cole. He uh, spend his time over in Thailand. He's an English boy in Thailand. I've seen the uh, him fight it. I respect him, but um, I think Isaac would be too strong. I see Isaac stopping Troy, um, but I hope it's a good fight.
1: Yeah. So, last part of the interview, bringing a new segment to the show: quick fire questions. You, you're familiar with quick fire questions?
0: Yeah. Let's go. All
1: right. So, what's your favorite fight?
0: Wow, That's a hard one. Um, favorite fight: Andre Ward versus Kovalev. Number one. Yeah.
1: All right. What's your favorite place to fight? Mountain Pavilion. What's your favorite pre fight meal?
0: The last meal I have is jelly beans and a mandarin.
1: Who's been your hardest opponent?
0: Physically, Yao Yi Ma. Mentally, Tim Zoo.
1: And finally, what's your favorite walkout song?
0: go to sleep by eminem but i walk out to my own song markia ko yeah
1: yeah all right so that wraps up all the questions today thank you joel for joining me this morning i really appreciate it and i wish you sure all the best for the fight.
0: thanks for your time i really appreciate you uh, having me on your show thanks you.
1: that wraps up the in the sand show for this week so thank you for listening to the in the sand show i'll catch you next week
0: walsh has got it twigging around to the tackle. McComb not quite, Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugolhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari in glory. It's coming back.